morning. Uh, it's, uh, it's indeed a joy and privilege uh, to witness the baptism of uh, Daniel Mess. Where is he? Oh, just he's there. Right? Um, and I believe that uh, today Daniel will hold uh, several records with regards to baptism. And let me mention just two of them. First, of course, he would be the tallest person in Hukunui ever to be baptized. And I don't think that record will ever be broken. And of course, secondly, he'll be the tallest to get into this baptism pool. And that's going to be quite a challenge for, for Jeff Samuels. So all in all, it's going to be a really exciting and joyous occasion, uh, Daniel, as we witness your, your baptism. Now, records aside, records aside, it has been our privilege to see Daniel's progress spiritually, and I believe that the baptism today marks a very important step in his journey with the Lord. Right? Now, life on earth is often referred to in the Bible as a journey, a journey that is taken by a pilgrim who never ever really establishes his or her own route on this earth. Now, let me tell you one thing. The rich may think, uh, that they have made their millions for the generations to enjoy. That's what they think. But one thing they must understand and be clear is when they die and go to the grave, they go to the grave empty-handed, just like the poor do. And that's what the Bible says. The rich and the grave has one destination. They both go empty-handed into the grave. No one, no one really establishes their legacy permanently on this earth. Now, one of the things I'd like to mention is this. Your journey on this earth actually begins with your birth. There you are. Right? Now, there's no indication as to who was born, but if you're born that year, then you can put your head on. Right? But life on this earth begins uh, with a birth. And of course, life on earth ends with your death. Right? And that's what reality is. But between... Life and death, between birth and death, your journey is shaped by all the decisions that you make. In fact, someone once said that the sum total of a person's life is the sum total of all the decisions that they make. Now, if you are at the stage of your life as I am in, I am sure that you have made several important decisions. For example, you can make decisions with regards to your career. That's an important decision. You can make decisions with regards to your spouse, who you should be married to. That's a very important decision. Well, with regards to your job, that's also an important decision. Your kids, your children. There are so many things that you would make, uh, decisions that you make with regards to your children. Well, where you should work and where you should live. Now, all of these, without doubt, are important decisions. But one thing that is very clear, that if you look at all of these decisions, the sum total of all of these decisions, its impact is only restricted to this lifetime. That's what it is. Sometimes, of course, we make decisions that are regrettable, regrettable decisions, and many of us do make it very often and sometimes on a daily basis. And in hindsight, these are decisions we should never ever have made. And these types of decisions, regrettable decisions, actually sets people back in their life journey. But whatever decision you make, whatever, whether positive or negative, ultimately it goes to shape your journey as a pilgrim on this earth. 
And I believe many of you would agree with me on that. A person's life journey is shaped by the decisions that he or she makes. Now, of all the decisions that I've mentioned here, uh, those that impact you beyond your life on this earth are, I believe, the most important. Right? Those that impact you beyond your life on earth. Now, these decisions, in my opinion, and in the opinion of many here, are spiritual in nature, which has to be made in this lifetime. It has to be made in this lifetime in order to influence the life to come. And these are spiritual decisions. Now, I can remember in December 1983, I made a very important spiritual decision, right? That's so many, many years ago, almost 33 years ago. I made a very important life decision. I just completed high school or college, as we used to call it, and just about to enter uni, university, for my studies. And for the first time, at that point in time, at the, at the age of 17, for the first time, I began to seriously consider the Bible, Right? And I came to a conclusion, and this is what the conclusion I came to, that life is not simply a collection of molecules or matter. Right? I was quite interested in science at that point in time, and I came to this conclusion, that life is not simply a collection of molecules. I came to the conclusion that life did not evolve over billions and billions of years, but life was created and designed by a living God. Right? That's what I came to, a conclusion. If that is the case, the question I had in mind was, who is this God? Who is this God? And if there is a God, does this God want to have a relationship with me? Or is this God uh, you know, content to dwell in the heavenlies and leave me to my own devices? These are the things that came to my mind. And that is why I searched for this God in the scriptures. I have known about the Bible, but I believe for the first time I have taken the scriptures seriously and looked at Jesus, who is this historical figure, a real person, and more importantly, who made this extraordinary claim that he was the Messiah. Extraordinary claim that no one, no one can come to God except through him. So that excludes all other religious figures. He made this claim. He also made this claim that because of our sinful nature, it prevents us from having that important, meaningful relationship with God. So, in December 1983, through faith in him, in what he had accomplished on the cross, I had come to a living relationship with God. For me, the decision for Christ, the decision for Christ was probably the most important spiritual decision I made. That's a very important decision in my life. Now, the question that we have to ask ourselves is this. Once we make a decision for Christ, your worldview, your thinking, the way you behave undergoes a gradual change, a transformation. It doesn't happen like this. It undergoes a transformation. So, therefore, you have to make several decisions. You have to make a decision whether you want to live for Christ. That's another important decision, right? So, you make a decision for Christ at one point in your life, but continually you have to make a decision whether you want to live for Christ. You are no longer imprisoned by the worldly views, but you gradually begin to have a biblical-based attitude and worldview. Now, let me tell you a story, a real story, of a very well-respected business leader in New Zealand. And I don't mind telling his name because he always tells me, go and share whatever you want about me. Right? In July 
2014, that's almost two years ago, I visited the warehouse group. Anyone knows the warehouse group? The Red Shed, right? I visited the warehouse group, and by the way, they own Noel Leeming, they own the warehouse stationery, it's a big group. So I visited the warehouse group in Auckland, and I met up with Mark Powell, who is the CEO, the chief executive officer of the entire group. And Mark and I spent about an hour in his office talking about our faith, the relationship that we have with Christ, and how our faith impacts our work and our workplaces. And Mark mentioned something extraordinary to me that day. And he said this, he said, hey, listen, right now the share price is $3.06. That's the warehouse share price. And he said, in three months' time, if I'm able to keep an average of $3.09, which is only three cents, I will get a $300,000 bonus. Right? So that's what Mark Paul says. And he said, all I have to do is to do a bit of little restructuring, get rid of a couple of people, and then send a positive message out into the marketplace, and lo and behold, I can see the share prices rising. Right? That's all he had to do. But he told me something very extraordinary. He said, I refuse to do it. I simply refuse to do it because it goes against my Christ-based worldview. And that's what Mark Powell said. Now, all of the other CEOs would do that, of all publicly listed companies, but Mark Powell refused to do it. And in fact, when I asked him thereafter, he said, no, nope, we didn't reach that figure. We, re we were short down by one cent, so I lost my $300,000 bonus, right? And that was Mark Powell's worldview. Now, the question I would ask you is this, what is the point of this story? What is the point of this story? The point of the story is this. Once you have made a decision for Christ, a decision to live for Christ is not easy in this world. It's not easy. A decision to live for Christ. Sacrifices have to be made. And at times, you make decisions that goes against the grain of society and the beliefs of society. And this was certainly the case of Christians who were baptized at the time of our Lord. Right? Now, remember one thing. I'm talking about almost 2,500, 2,000, 2000 odd years ago at the time of our Lord. Uh, and at the time of the early church, now the Lord has gone, died, and he rose again. But at the time of the early church, baptism was certainly a great decision that people had to make. Baptism was a public confession that people had to make of the decision to live for Christ. That's what baptism was, right? Of their faith in the Lord who had resurrected from the dead. Now, one thing that we are... Uh, grateful for in New Zealand is that we live in a society where Christians are not persecuted for their faith. When I say persecuted, not physically persecuted for their faith. However, at that point in time in the early church, severe persecution arose, especially at the, at the time of Nero, the emperor. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 35 to 38 says this, Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection, Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were slain, they were sawn in two, were tempted and slain with a sword. And those early Jewish Christians who took baptism as a step of public confession were also excluded from the synagogues. And remember, the synagogue was their lifeblood. And that's why the Hebrew writer says, they, were, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, 
and tormented. And these were the people who took a decision to be baptized, to make a public confession of their faith. It was a decision to live for Christ. Now let me digress a bit here and give you a background of baptism so that you'll get a better context or better view. The meaning of baptism actually had uh, undergone a metamorphosis or a transformation at the time of Christ. It was used in the Old Testament days prior to the time of Christ as, uh, as a means of ritual cleaning. And that's how the Jews use it, a ritualistic cleaning. And subsequently, at the time of Christ, it was used by the Qumran community. If you know the Qumran community, right? It was used by the Qumran community as a public declaration for those who wanted to submit their souls to the commandments of God. Now, those of you who are interested in history, you'll recognize that the Qumran sect existed at the time of Christ and they lived in the Qumran cave near the caves of Engedi, which is the border of the Dead Sea. It was in these caves that the Dead Sea Scroll was found. If you recognize the Dead Sea Scroll in history, it was in these caves where these Dead Sea Scrolls were found. Now, many scholars believe, this is interesting, that many scholars believe that John the Baptist was actually a member of the Qumran community. And that's why he wore the type of clothes that he wore. And he exercised baptism, water baptism, just like how the Qumran community would do, as a sign of repentance from sin. Right? And that was what John the Baptist did. And the meaning of the water baptism again took another transformation when the, it was used by the apostles in the early church. So Romans chapter 6 verse 4 will tell you the transformation that the meaning of that baptism took. So water baptism became a powerful public expression of a believer's salvation experience in Christ. And that was the change. It was a public declaration that by being immersed in the water that you died to your sin and identify with Christ's death, right? So it took this meaning, it took this transformation. Coming out of the water, they were identified with Christ's resurrection, and they are now raised to a new life in Christ. Now, it was no wonder that baptism, water baptism, drew the wrath of both the Jewish religious people as well as the Roman establishment who crucified the Lord to death. And a public confession to live, of, to live for Christ was at that point in time a matter of life or death. So Daniel, Daniel Mess, you're about to make a public confession of your decision to live for Christ. That's what baptism does. Unlike the earlier Christians who were persecuted for their decision, I'm sure you would not be publicly persecuted by your friends. Right? However, however, your decision to live for Christ will bring you in opposition to the secular worldview, right? And that's what happens. If you live for Christ, it will bring you in opposition to the secular worldview and its lifestyle. It's certainly not easy. But as a song says, and this is my favorite song, when you walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what glory and joy he will shed on your way. So let me, by reiterating what I said earlier, let me close by saying this. From the time you are born to the time of your death, which is death, you make decisions. All right? That's what you do. Some decisions are important for this lifetime, as I mentioned earlier. But some decisions are crucial for the life to come. So the question that we have to ask ourselves 
is have we made a decision for Christ? Number one. And number two, after you made the decision, would you make a decision therefore to live for Christ? So please consider making these life-changing decisions. Remember one thing, your life, your journey on this earth is shaped by the sum total of decisions that you would make. And before we leave, I'd like to leave you with this one thought. Before you leave this earth and someone puts a dash between your year of birth and the year of death, someone puts that. Remember, your life journey is a sum total of all the decisions that you make. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this wonderful morning that we have had to remember the Lord, to remember what he has done for us on the cross of Calvary. Father God, we thank you for the life of Daniel Mess and the journey that he has taken. Father God, we pray that you will bless him as he progresses in his walk with you. And we commit all of these and ask in the Savior's precious, in his worthy and matchless name. Amen.